Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I am Tom. We are Team Binge, and we are here to talk about the after party. Officially, we are binging the after party. Correct. We're binging one episode a week, (laughs) one at a time. It's a slow binge. I binge this show like I binge alcohol. (laughs) I was going to say, our our team binges more other activities than just media. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) This episode is number two, and it is Brett's episode. The first one was Anique's. Mm -hmm. This one's Brett's. And... How would you pitch this episode to people, Tom? What What is this in the vein of? Uh, I believe it's pretty closely tied to one of my favorite film franchises ever that's never made a bad movie, The Fast and Furious, uh, tied in with a little bit of Clue because it still is a murder mystery. Oh, okay, it. okay, Fast and the Furious meets Clue. Meets Clue, I like it. Yeah, no, I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. Uh, it's funny how you can take like style choices and it just looks like yeah. like there's like lighting stuff and yeah. like quick cuts <laughs> and music and you're just like oh there's a formula and these guys know it and they're like implementing it and it's funny too when it's done like satirically like this because you watch the fast and furious and oh you're it's like, funny when it's done seriously too <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you watch those fast and furious movies and you know they kind of have those beats with like the slow-mo or like i think like the michael bay movies with the action and it's like panning around the actor while it's kind of going slow to be dramatic uh and it, it hits so many of those beats in here and it's it's great this one was written by anthony king obviously it's a, a christopher miller lord miller uh lord producing but this one was written by anthony king i looked him up so he wrote on broad city uh he wrote uh, on wet hot american summer and then i find this interesting he wrote on search party and because there's party in both titles, <laughs> I get these ones confused. But like, Search Party is the maybe Fune K, okay. uh, Alia Shamcat, okay, um, that one. And there's some overlap here, not only in the the writing, but I don't know if you've caught this, but the detective, Detective Culp, John Early, oh, that's the guy from is uh, the blonde Search party? friend in Search Party. That's funny because that was like I think the reason I stopped watching search party cause his character was like so over the top annoying and a jerk. I just like, couldn't do it. Uh, so that, that's funny you say that. Cause I'm like, God, that guy does seem familiar, but I love Culpin this. Yeah. That's, that's who that guy is. So this one opens up with, well, you said too, before you go on, he's a broad city. That's the one with, uh, Alana Glazer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's certainly some tie-ins. Yeah. There's some overlap on both. This one opens up with Brett, who is the ex-husband or soon-to-be ex-husband of mm-hmm. Zoe. Worse. We kick off where the last one ended, where Brett was caught apparently sneaking off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the police bring him in. Anik and Jasper, I believe, are still in the bathroom, and yep. they found part of a note. Mm-hmm. And Jasper's singing in the shower, <laughs> yeah. and he's taking a selfie at the same time, fully clothed, <laughs> mind you, in this giant shower. I mean, it's got fantastic acoustics in Fantastic there. acoustics. You realize that's said twice during this episode. <laughs> yes, both mentioning the showers as well, or, or bathrooms, I yeah, guess. Bathrooms yeah, and, bathrooms and acoustics. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going or why that was mentioned, but it seemed to be a common thread. Mm-hmm. Jasper reveals that because he set up all the AV equipment that they can listen to Brett's interrogation because they're going to be interrogated in the sound room Mm -hmm. or the studio. What's it called? Music room? Music Music box. That's the one. (laughs) And he gives Anik special instructions on how to work the Enter, enter, home, home, enter, five, three, enter, seven and boom and then it connects to this is that the real one <laughs> no, not the real one okay but it's a bunch of malarkey like that and so we see uh, once again anik's special power which apparently is fueled by mnemonic devices because yeah. if you remember he's like oh the people in the room were so and so from left to right i wonder if he used a mnemonic device or maybe it's just because he does puzzle rooms and like memorizing and like working through steps has got to be a part of that yeah i think so i mean i think it's just it, it's his way of creating the puzzles for those rooms. I think he even mentions when he talks about the mnemonic devices that he created a room that used. Oh, Hillary. Yeah. Hillary. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Which we don't get into, but so then Anik is about to depart. Um, and I do appreciate the way they depart. They give themselves the Tap gun handshakes. 
Do you know the Top Gun handshake? That's Did the you one see where it? you miss at the top or where you double? Oh, you no, hit you at the hit. top and you, you hit at the bottom? You hit at the top and hit at the bottom. Yeah. No, I'm familiar. No one questions me on the gun. I only do top. my top. I only do Top Gun handshakes when I'm shirtless. Oh, in jeans playing volleyball? Yep. All Actually. oiled up? Man, mm-hmm. we should watch that movie. <laughs> Anik oh, goes into where she's doing the interrogation. He interrupts in his cover story as he needs to get his phone. Mm-hmm. And it's very funny back and forth. He's like, uh, I think I might have put it. And she's like, you want me to look for you underneath the desk? And he's like, well, it would be inappropriate for me to go. You're lucky I'm is, a nice person. <laughs> yeah, and this is just Sam Richardson like being Sam Richardson and having a lot of fun with it. He messes up the intercom. <laughs> and messing up the intercom does what? It just starts blasting music and playing the TV and moving the bar up and just makes the room go insane. Uh, music specifically, Tom, it turns on X marks the G-spot. It, does. it turns on the TV, which is playing Hungry Hungry Hippos, <laughs> starring one Xavier, Eugene, whatever his last name is. Yep. And... The bar pops up, and then Jasper has to come in and save Anik. Did you have an intercom system in your house growing up, or did you have like that rich relative that had an intercom system in their house? I had a rich friend that had a really like long house, okay. and they had the intercom system. We love messing with it. Did it work? It did work. Okay, it didn't work well, but it worked. Okay, every experience I had growing up, where like I was in a house of someone who was, I guess, moderately wealthy that had an intercom system. Maybe, I don't know, unwealthy people can have intercom systems too. I don't know. Back then, I mean, that right. was the thing. I don't remember any of them ever working. I remember being like, oh, that's a status symbol to have an intercom system in your house. But I distinctly remember being like, oh, it doesn't work. Or don't use it. Or like, it'll do this. Or it'll like buzz. Don't do not do now, it. Now, was it an intercom for like the doorbell, like the front door to somewhere else in the house? Or is it intercom from just parts of the house? I'm thinking of parts of the house. But I'm also thinking there was one where it was not necessarily a large or nice house. And they had one on like the back patio. Mm. So if you were in the kitchen, you could shout at someone on the back patio through the intercom. But once again, it never worked. And there was a window there. So you could just (laughs) maybe open that window and speak to the person. You know, what's funny is like, yeah, those things installed into houses were probably crazy expensive. And now we have Google Homes or Alexa's. You just pop around your house and does the exact same thing. Which uh, my house is not big enough to need, uh, and I'm loud enough that I can just <laughs> shout at anyone in yes, my house in that's any more room. Accurate. But it will be fun when we're older and our kids start figuring it out that they can like listen into different rooms and stuff. Mm, you yeah. start hacking the Gibson. That's true. So they're listening to the interrogation from the bathroom, and this is where we get Brett's story. And we go into the Fast and Furious vibe. Yeah. Which... Once it pops Brett's name on there, it's just 100% fast. Fast and Furious. I love the way he likes slide parks. And he's like, like a glove. <laughs> and he's taking up three spots. Right. He's crossed <laughs> three spots. He's got the sunglasses, which this is nighttime, mind you. Of course. Wearing his sunglasses, wearing his leather jacket. This episode made me really reflect on myself and the fact that i recently purchased a leather jacket (laughs) and what that says about me now this is like a leather jacket that like a motocross dude would wear it's got like some detail and stuff Mm -hmm. i'll say mine is more of the classic like bomber jacket look and this is how i justify that i'm not a complete bro Yeah. Are you so, going to show up to our reunion in, in this leather jacket? I feel like yes, you have to. And I'm going to slide across my <laughs> RAV4. Nailed it. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> he is talking to Ken, Ted. Uh, it was Ken. I Ken. think he, he comes in and like they have like nicknames for each other, so they were clearly chums back in the day. They kind of have a little rapport and a back and forth. Um, chums is a great term for these two <laughs> bros, broing it up as they high five and like finish each other's. Like they've got cool drinking sayings. Yep. And he takes off his sunglasses and says, the most important thing in the world to me is family. (laughs) And then the glasses go back on. Just the way he, like, pulls that off, like, pulls off the glasses, says the line, puts them back on. I don't know. Just the beats are (laughs) are 100% Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And having recently watched Fast and the Furious 9, oh, the other thing they do is, like, they push in on him and they play some music oh, yeah. to let you know, like, it's an emotional, mm-hmm. like, anytime Vin Diesel's, like, 
me familia or it's about family <laughs> or any of that anytime he gives a family speech in yep. the fast and furious movies that's what they do with the music mm-hmm. and it's crazy how much they rely on that push in and the music for the emotional payoff which i'm realizing they used they did in ted lasso as well like if you could if you take the camera in yeah and play some music in the background that does something to our minds and brains and hearts that makes us care. It's incredibly effective. However, I would say in the Fast and Furious franchise, that's like all the heart that they have is just that one beat of the zoom in, the music, family. It's all about family, which, fair. Stuff's about family. Protect your family. All that, great. But that is like the soul of that franchise. The most important thing in life is family. <laughs> Not cars. Is that your is that your Vin Diesel that's impression? That's my Vin, Vin Diesel. Is that that's, that's your Vin Diesel via Iron Giant? Yeah, little more robotic. Or I am Groot. <laughs> it's pretty much the same. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Brett. Oh, and he's talking with Ken. Ted. How can I not get this right? I I think it's Ken. But now I that you said right, no, wait, now that you said Ted, I'm like, wait a minute. No, I think it's Ken. All I'm right. gonna stick with Ken. Um, <laughs> slamps. Slips. Slamps. 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 <laughs> Walt. Zoe shows up and he wants her to understand. Well, but the the transition when Zoe shows up is like him giving the family line. Yes. And then family is right behind him and he's like, oh crap. He's like checking his breath and he's like. Family is the most important thing. Oh no, family showed up. (laughs) And uh, he wants her to know that he understands they're not there uh, together. Together. They're not there together. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny, like. When he's dealing with Zoe, like the personality change that happens. Well, and like I, I have a question later on in the pod about like when they he kind of confronts her at the end and he's like super sincere and like what he's saying. I'm like, is he really saying that or is this his version of what he said? Oh, I guarantee what this show is telling us and has revealed is like all these people are telling their version of the story. And like any of us as humans, when we tell a story... We always put ourselves in the best light. Mm-hmm. We very rarely like show us show ourselves as like our true form or us being terrible. Yeah, it's always like we justify our actions, <laughs> we blame other people, and we make ourselves look good. And that's how all of these stories come out. Mm-hmm. And if you pay attention, it's the same thing. It's like now, is that how it happened, <laughs> yeah. or like how different is his version than what other people are seeing? Yeah. And he wants her to know that in an emergency, <laughs> he'll he'll save her because he recently became a part time firefighter, part time volunteer firefighter. Volunteer. Yeah, he's oh, not collecting. He's not okay. collecting money for this. That's important. That's important. And she's like, I know you texted me many times about it. It's really brave of you. And he's so like, he's so like, yes, thank you. I am a hero. Thank you for acknowledging my bravery. Thank you for your service. Um, do you get the impression? We don't know what Brett does for a living, right? I don't think they say. He's just, if a jacket was a human being, that's what he is. But we don't know. Do you get the impression that he comes from money or has money? Um, I'll make the case. Okay, go ahead. Because I think he does. A couple reasons. Anik makes the comment, every time I get close to Zoe, a rich guy comes in and like swoops her away. Although I would assume They're this married. relationship happened in high school or started in high school. Brett, or... and, Brett and Zoe? Brett and Zoe, right? Cause, or they just knew each other and then they got together later in life. He's got a nice car. Mm-hmm. Leather jackets, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> Not cheap. Crazy. Especially when it's like four or five cows worth. That's true. <laughs> Especially when they have to wait for the cow to be big enough so they can make a jacket for you. <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but some hurtful things were said recently. My wife, Ashley. <laughs> and so, yeah, that that's why I got the impression that he came from he came from money. I think, yeah, I mean, we don't we don't know. I wouldn't say he's like a wealthy kind of like a Rebecca a la Ted Lasso. I don't think he's like that kind of wealthy. Sure. Um, but he, he he makes a decent enough living. Yeah, to have. That sweet ride. to be to be able to volunteer firefight. Sure, that's that's a good point. Yeah, I hear that's where the money's at. <laughs> the main thing we need to know during this episode is that Brett's a family man, mm-hmm. and he's just trying to preserve his family. Yep, and he'll do anything to preserve his family because the most important thing is family, family, la familia. And this is this is where we start the first of many operations of the evening. This is Operation Silent Savior. 
Operation Silent Savior was a go. <laughs> keep Zoe from making a mistake that will keep their family apart. <laughs> so good. So good. This is probably the moment where like I started picking up on the second rewatch how many like military terms he uses oh, or he? like action film terms. He's like he's obviously the operation thing. Mm-hmm. There's like a lot of recon stuff. And he's like, oh, the objective. Like he's using he does, all like, these, the hand like, gestures with Maggie yeah, later. Exactly. He's he's seen too many action movies. Now, somebody who knows something about military is all this accurate and correct. Every bit your, of it. Okay. Every for bit your of knowledge. It. Operation Silent Savior. Everyone knows is what um, D Day was called. <laughs> and then when it went loud, it became Operation Overlord. Anyways, the I already talked about it, but the blue filter, whatever they're doing with the the camera. Cause like there's certain filters that mean certain things and I'm not telling anything, anyone, I'm not telling anyone anything they don't already know. But if you're in um, like a desert environment or mm-hmm. like Mexico or something, it's that like weird yellow it's brown like filter. Breaking Bad was famous for that. Every time they filmed in Mexico, whatever, like they had that yellow filter. On. Right. If you're in, Fast and the Furious, it's this weird, like, light blue filter or whatever. And I know there's other examples, but I can't think of them right now. (laughs) Indigo breaks up his spying while he's watching, I think, Anique and Zoe talk. Mm -hmm. And we get a funny bit here where (laughs) Indigo is against humans drinking other animals milk yes their lactation we're the only mammal that drinks other mammals milk okay because we all know we we drink cow's milk goat's milk and and cat's milk of course cat's milk yes yes i did i don't remember his name but there was a gentleman a famous gentleman who would milk cats uh it was uh, bobby de niro oh that's what it was (laughs) i'll uh uh i was gonna say (laughs) parrot traps not parrot traps meet the fuckers or meet the parents i've got nipples greg can you milk me (laughs) And he, he said he does a great job of spitting out this cheese. Yeah, he's eating like cheese and crackers or something. And so, the guy that's playing Brett, the actor that's playing Brett, mm-hmm. how would you describe him? Or do you have someone that you would you think is his like equivalent? Or like he's not necessarily like. And this is no offense to him. Mm-hmm. He's not like leading man handsome, mm-hmm. but he's like handsome enough to be. In a Fast and the Furious movie as like a side character. But he also has a face that you're like, I would probably not be friends with that guy because he's like a bit of a bro. I'm sure the dude in real life's like a lovely human. Yeah. But he has the like face and mannerisms that plays this kind of a-hole ex-husband mm-hmm. character very well. And we had talked about like he had been in Suicide Squad. He played like that uh, jail. The cruel jail. Yeah, yeah the was... cruel guard at the prison. Yeah, right. just a jerk to everybody. So yeah, I, I think he plays it really well and I was happy to see him like not necessarily flex his muscles because he's the same kind of but like being able to like have his own episode and just do this like Vin Diesel impression throughout the whole thing. Like it took me a while when I first watched to kind of figure out what they were doing. Like once in the family line, I knew it was Fast and Furious, right. but like, like it was just so fun to watch all these beats and let him just tear up that franchise. I also think he does a good job because he goes from like it's it's I think it's maybe easy to parody like a Fast and the Furious character, yeah. but then he's got to switch on when he talks to Zoe mm-hmm. to kind of like the hey man, I just I love my family. Well, and he's clearly a fantastic father. Right, that's the other thing. Like he's got to act with Maggie, and he like hits all those things really well. Yeah, and even the scene where she's like, "You're the best dad," and he like, "You're the best daughter." Like he gets all choked up. Like I don't know, he just does a great job. Yeah. Like Baron Holtz, I'm in your quarter, man. You did good work here, Brett. We cut out of the the movie and we're back in the interrogation, and Brett is explaining that he doesn't see Anik as a threat. Yeah, and. This is interesting because we're seeing the flip side of the... Because Anik saw Brett as a threat, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw him as a threat. And then, so, it's, yeah, the exact reverse of this. And even says, like, uh, uh, Anik is threat level zero. And they're listening to it on the other end right. of the speaker. He's like, man, threat level zero? I feel like I'm Elisa. Threat level seven. And then Jasper's like, yeah, you're like a three, man. Like so three. I have to ask, man, what, what threat level would you say I am? What threat level would you be? What threat level would I be? You're midnight, baby. You're threat <laughs> level midnight. 
Oh, that means so much. At least 11 on a scale of 10. (laughs) Speaking of threat levels that are at 11, Brett (laughs) relates a neek to Urkel. Urkel is, I, I think, a very specific reference. Like, what age going down from us do you think Urkel is no longer a relative reference? Like, I almost feel like I don't think younger siblings... I feel like maybe we're like the last age group that would know what Urkel was. So we're like mid-30s. I would imagine like... I mean, 30, like 25 to 30, maybe? Because I feel like Family Matters, like, it did stay around in the zeitgeist a little bit. But we would have seen it in syndication. I don't remember. Was Were we watching it live? No, you're right. Or was it, you're TG, right. was it part of, like, TGIF when we were growing up? I don't remember. It was definitely in syndication where I was just watching them kind of on repeat. I don't remember watching a whole lot of those shows back in the day, like, I would be interested from our listeners, those of you that are younger than 35... If you got the Urkel reference in this, and if you did, let us know. If you still don't know who Urkel is, <laughs> strap in, boys and girls, because we're going to talk Urkel talk. <laughs> did I do that? That's my best Urkel impression. It's, You're welcome. It's not a great one, but hey, it's oh, better. come on. It's better than Kermit. I can do Stefan. <laughs> Would you like me to do Stefan? Stefan Urkel. The, swa- the suave Urkel. Man, um, how do we remember this? How was that a... He had like a robot. There was an Urkel robot at one point because he was like a genius. Did you know that Urkel was only supposed to be like a side character? Of Family and, Matters? And he wasn't even part of like the main cast. Yeah, he was just a wacky like neighbor. Right. And then people liked him so much he became a phenomenon yeah. that he became like the central figure in the show. Huh. I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. Played by uh, Jameel White. Jameel White, yeah. Jameel White went on to play. <laughs> yep, that's that's the one. But it doesn't matter. If you're Urkel, man, you're going down in history. He's got that Urkel money, man. Uh, but I do love, like, uh, is it uh, Detective Danner? She's like, like, don't you make fun of Urkel, man. He was the first black man to own his own cereal. Or with his own cereal. With his own cereal. <laughs> that was great. Incredible. But Incredible. absolutely, absolutely love that show. And I, I appreciate that, like... Uh, the detective Danner was like very like protective of, of her. Like, yeah. Don't even make fun of him, man. Well, that's uh, I don't know. It's funny because like he Urkel was the geek of the show, mm-hmm. and that was like seen as a negative. But like nowadays, being a geek is yeah just geek as, or just nerd. as pop- possible uh, popular as those of us bros that could you know <laughs> throw a football over that mountain if Coach would have put me in one one state. I would argue probably potentially more popular nowadays. Yeah, more popular. Nerds and geeks. They literally, oh, then we cut to Brett and Xavier having a literal pissing contest (laughs) in the bathroom. I'll be honest, Tom, I could have done without this scene. I thought it was weird. It went on for a while. There were some funny beats, but like it took me a while to be like, oh, literal pissing contest. Like, I'll be honest, man. I watched the scene twice. Thought it was was hilarious. I went to our outline and saw you put in your outline has a literal pissing contest. Never even thought about it being a pissing <laughs> contest. <laughs> thought that was great. But I love the way it starts. It goes, it's it's Brett going into the bathroom, him just, you know, dropping dropping trowel, going to the potty, and then sorry, sorry I said potty, I've got a three year old on potty training. <laughs> dropping trowel, <laughs> going potty. Man, really. We're hitting two different <laughs> spectrums. But like the way the ca- like the other the door doesn't open, you don't hear any other sounds, and the camera pans back, and, and then there. you see Xavier just right there. Uh, I'd like the banter back and forth where he's like said, "Nice flow, bro." He's like, "Yeah, you better prick up your ears." And then boom, it's like a jet stream in the toilet. Like it's just, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I'm glad you did. All I could <laughs> think was, "Hey, there are twelve uh, urinals. Go like put a urinal in between." Listen, that was Xavier. He was like Brett had established, and Xavier did like he broke the the code, and he wanted to get right up on him. So you're establishing just based on his urinal <laughs> etiquette that Xavier deserved to die. I wouldn't go that far, but he definitely You heard was... it first. Tom thinks Xavier should die <laughs> simply because of his urinal uh, procedure. He doesn't know the rules. I mean, like, Guy Code was referenced later, and that is part of Guy Code. This was, this was another part where uh, Ike Barinholtz, like, the faces he makes during this <laughs> whole thing, just, like, the over-aggressive, like... Like when he like know. he pushes the stream like, further. Like, oh yeah, I can go to another gear. I was like, 
I laughed, but I was like, I don't know. This is not my... It was super silly and yeah. like very crass, but I loved it. Fantastic. Xavier still got a half take left, but he decides <laughs> to stop and he's going to go after Zoe. He said he was going to go after the Jennifers. <laughs> and I found it very specific that he's like, I've never made love to two pregnant women at the same time. And I would be interested, I don't know, not interested enough to like dive into it too deeply, but what Xavier's list of haven't done yet that we've gotten to a point where it's like, not two pregnant women i don't know i feel like that's weird of you to say because two pregnant women is like every guy's fantasy is it not oh man no no am i weird am i weird in this? i'm not walking into this at all <laughs> i'm gonna move this pony along <laughs> Whew. good pony- acoustics in the bathroom because uh xavier starts to sing it's like and- sex sex with the x oh man dave franco <laughs> doing that bit like singing poorly in yeah. the bathroom, like that auto tune, and with that auto tune, and then being like, "Oh man, great acoustics in this bathroom." <laughs> so you gotta wonder, like, is that just a known thing? Is this a common joke, or did somewhere Jasper and did they do most of Scott DM recordings in a bathroom? I think so. I think that's where they realized, like, man, we've got this. We have, you know, music gold here. But they just don't record in bathrooms. They should have made a video of them I wonder, in the bathroom. Do you think there, I mean, is it just like a little connection joke here? Or do you think there might be some kind of like, like there's a shouting match some, or I, something happens in a bathroom? I think this is um, a or clue of some sort. Okay. Yes. Ch- okay. Chalk it down for those of you at home. It is a clue. I love the quick cuts they do when Brett washes his hands. He like pulls the paper towel. He punches the dispense. That's not the right order. It would be turns the water on, punches the soap, washes his hands. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Which is that a is that a COVID thing? Like I don't feel like no. That was always a kid thing. Like teaching my son. Like when you wash your hands, you're supposed to like continue to lather for happy birthday because it's long enough. If you just kind of put soap and rub and then wash, then you're not really oh. fully cleaning your hands, so okay. you're supposed to go long enough. But it definitely gave me like again. I, I think we mentioned this in like lasso pods about like a whole lot of hot fuzz vibes um, where they do like oh paperwork can't be exciting or whatever, and he's like clicking his uh, uh, pad and like the paperwork's going really crazy right. while they're doing the, the, the mug shots the like, smash cut of everything yeah. happening and if you cut it and do the like sound effect of <laughs> yeah. things whooshing it makes it very exciting mm-hmm. when i was a kid i was not taught to wash my hands while singing happy birthday i was taught to just turn the faucet on so people think you're washing your hands yep, waste some water and then and... shut it off maybe even get your hand a little bit wet but like the amount of effort I went to to pretend to wash my hands versus just washing my hands makes me wonder if something's wrong with my brain. Probably should have just washed them. Yep, but I'm still alive with a strong immune system, Tom. I'm also not a doctor. We yes, then yet. are to the point where he sits down at the table with uh, Anik and Jasper. And it's a di- totally different version mm-hmm. from his perspective than their perspective. Yeah, and this is, I think, the first time, and we probably had some other bits throughout, um, and we'll try to continue to mention them. Um, but this is, like, I think the first time that we have a very specific sequence where now Anik and uh, Brett are meeting in uh, this retelling of their stories. Right. And now you're getting two different perspectives. Right. Because in Anik's, he slammed down a knife or whatever. Right. And his. Or, oh, it's or, a knife, Tom. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's already a knife. Um, but I, even, like, before that, the slamming of the knife, like, he doesn't hear, like, the butt joke about him saying, like, what if a human butt could wear pants or whatever that joke was. Wears a jacket. Like, yeah. yeah. So when, when he sits down, like... Brett didn't hear it, so, like, kind of Anik is, like, off the hook, if you will, because, like, he didn't actually sure. hear the joke. Um, but I thought this was kind of interesting, and I'm sure there's, like, if we rewatch this show after we watch all the episodes, if there are eight or ten, do you know how many episodes there are in this? Eight. There's going to be eight. Um, to go back and just see all these little, like, minor tweaks and edits and stuff throughout. Right, and in this version, Jasper is like, hey, yeah, man, sit down, have a, you know, take a little. He's very welcoming. Mm-hmm. And he does not slam a knife in the table. He just slams his fist down. Yep. And he's like, he's not going to let them ruin my family. <laughs> More family talk, which is mm-hmm. great. And he gets up and he, I believe this is where he unplugs the speaker. Yes. Because he's got a plan with the projector and the slideshow. 
Operation number two. Operation Nostalgia. Nostalgia. <laughs> Diversion with the DJ, and then he's got to hack into the mainframe. <laughs> and once again, the way this is all shot is great. He's like, hey, man, uh, I couldn't help but notice you're only getting sound out of this speaker, not that one. You're running mono, man, which is just great. <laughs> the DJ's like super nice. He's like, all right, I'll go check it out. And then he's like, I got to hack into the mainframe. He's... Uh, logging into Facebook is like, the mainframe. And so he logs can... into Facebook via Google. He does like a Google search <laughs> of Facebook. Like, fantastic. Yeah, this is something I definitely probably still do for websites rather than just like putting a... <laughs> typing, yeah. Uh, a, uh, typing in the address or just putting a favorite in my mm-hmm. um, whatever, Explorer bar, uh, AOL bar, whatever is at the top. <laughs> so it's um, called an AOL bar. So he pulls up a... Uh, family album once again great action movie he's like running out of time the dj's coming back and then the and then he's like hey man the jennifer say it's time for the slideshow and the guy's like whoa no i'm under strict orders only after desserts and he's like some things change bro and he finger guns the enter just like if that actor made that choice or like if it was written, kudos to whoever came up with that. Just the way he pushes the button and then blows on his finger and walks away. I was like, oh, man. That was super dope. Yeah. Every part of that was great. Loved it. Yeah. I think he does make mention, though, as he's kind of like hacking the, the mainframe here, that his he's logging into Facebook, and he makes mention that his uh, password is diarrhea. Yes. Which we see at the end of this episode diarrhea comes into play diarrhea does come into play and so i was pretty interested on my second watch because when he says diarrhea something inside of me i was like oh diarrhea is important now where not like inside of my brain not okay. inside of like other parts of me okay i was gonna say what what area of your body so okay that, that's helpful yeah we're not gonna we're we're classy podcast tom so we're gonna keep our minds out of the diarrhea um i used to do diarrheas back in back in uh, grade school like little caveman di- diarrheas where you put the little cavemen on and little rocks and trees right oh yeah i had a diarrhea story about uh last time yeah, yeah project yeah. yeah we're gonna cut all this <laughs> he then departs from the dj station and he runs into walt which I think is the second time. I think he bumped into Walt earlier, but like Walt doesn't get any word any like words in. Okay. I just noticed with this one, Walt like says hi to him, knows who he is, and then Walt's immediately like, Hey, do you know who I am? Do you know what my name is? Mm-hmm. And I, for the life of me, cannot understand what Walt is doing. I have some theories. Yeah. First off, great wrist takedown by <laughs> uh Brett on Walt. It was great. And then Walt immediately gets up and he's like, Oh hey so and so Hey, do you remember me? And then he, like, goes off. So here's what I'm trying to figure out if Walt is doing, and here's my theory. You tell me whether or not I'm right or wrong since you've watched every episode because you're a cheater and you've gone ahead. And I am a gumshoe. And you are a gumshoe. Detective gumshoe, they call him. What Walt's doing, I feel like Walt is trying to establish, like, an alibi, almost, where he can go around and people can say, Oh yeah, I talked with Walt. I saw Walt. Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's almost like Walt is not Walt, but Walt is establishing an alibi for someone else. Does that make sense? So Go on. Okay. So no one knows who Walt is, so they clearly don't recognize him. So he doesn't look like someone. But we have established that Walt did go to this high school, right? No. Or this no, no one's ever like, oh, yeah, I remember you from class. But he got like a name tag, right? So like the Jennifers would have given him a name tag? Or I guess I you mean, could how probably... difficult is it to walk up and be like, hey, I'm Walt? That's what I'm saying. There okay. may be a real Walt, someone that went to the school that was Walt, but it is not this guy. Mm. And so this guy is using someone else's name. Okay. And so that, like, at the end of the night, they can be like, oh, yeah, I saw Walt. Walt was there, you know, whatever. But maybe it's not this person. I don't know. I haven't ironed this out. I like it. I don't know why you would like it because it's not a fully formed thought. No, but, but I, I like... appreciate your support because we're friends and we <laughs> yeah. believe in each other. No, I appreciate the observation because it is weird the way he's like. At first, you thought like, oh, he was maybe just you know not a popular kid back in high school and right. just wanted to reconnect with these people that he clearly knows but don't know him. But yeah, it's it's so heavy handed throughout these first two episodes that maybe there is something more to it. It's almost like if if off site a bank was being robbed. 
by the real Walt. Mm. And then when they arrest Walt, they're going to be like, what were you doing near the time of the bank robbery? He was like, oh, I'm at my high school reunion. Mm -hmm. And then they'd be like, oh, who can corroborate this? And be like, oh, go, go talk to the Jennifers. Eight different go people. to those people. And they're like, oh, yeah, Walt was there. I didn't really know him in high school, but he was definitely there at the reunion. You know what I'm saying? Do we think If only this was about a bank robbery <laughs> off-site and not a murder where everyone was in the house. This is how my brain works. Maybe Walt's got like a twin. Maybe Walt does have a twin. Mm -hmm. I don't know how that affects any of this. <laughs> oh, maybe he has a twin and they're magicians, but they only get to live half a life. And then one of them goes to prison for murder. So I'm going to say, spoiler alert, Julian is spoiling The Prestige, which I saw that movie with you in theaters. And I think midway through the movie, you like tapped me on the shoulder and like, he's got a twin. Yeah. And I was incredibly impressed when you called it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the best moment of my life, Doc. <laughs> the only thing I've ever accomplished in life. It was great detecting. Yes, it was. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Then Brett runs into Chelsea in the hallway because he's trying to find Zoe and Anique. Mm -hmm. And it's very funny because he's like, oh, she'll be all torn up about the slideshow and watching <laughs> our family. And then he looks around and she's gone. gone. Yeah. <clears throat> Chelsea won't tell him where Zoe went. And she brings up that something happened on St. Patrick's Day at Brett's uncle's house. He's like, my uncle lives in Tucson. Which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. Because that's an Arizona reference. And we love Arizona references. Mm -hmm. She has plans for Xavier. Everyone will know the truth. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, they're probably just doing some heavy foreshadowing and stuff here. Is this uh, St. Patrick's Day thing supposed to have taken place back in high school? Is that the assumption? Yeah, that is okay. the assumption. Do we know where they went to high school if this was in Tucson? Who goes? To, who takes a trip out of state to Tucson if this high school is not in Arizona? No, this is an L.A. high school. Okay. And I think he's just saying, my uncle lives in Tucson. Like, you're confused. It wasn't my oh, uncle's house. Oh, okay, okay. I was confused then. <laughs> Sounds like it. Thank you. Thank All you for right. that, detective. <laughs> you will not be our star witness. You would fall apart on the stand. But like um, according to Brett in this, like she flipped out, she lost her stuff. So there's and she's an alcoholic, and she's an alcoholic, which we don't necessarily know. We've we've seen Anique, we've seen her story, we've seen that she's been carrying around this flask, but we haven't necessarily, I don't think, seen her drink. I think her drinking is well within limits. <laughs> okay, I I I have no judgment. As one half of Team Binge, you think it's perfectly fine? Yes, <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Then we're back with Jasper and Anique, and they are reading the note. They're starting to piece it together. They more found pieces, piece. mm -hmm. and it's like now's the time to feel the pain. What goes around comes around. They say revenge, and I thought to myself, "Are these lyrics? Is this is this the lyrics to a song that someone tried to write?" Because I'll be honest, eventually they piece together the whole thing, mm -hmm. and it's like. Someone like Xavier, who's probably not a lyricist, like if you took all the like general revenge things to say yeah. and you, uh, I don't know, for lack of a better word, diarrheaed them into a, <laughs> um, uh, onto a document, yeah. like that's what this would be. Yeah. No, I, I, I did not pick this up when I saw you notate this in the notes. Uh, I thought this was a very astute observation. Did you pick this up here? Or did you pick it up at the end of the episode? I picked it up here, and we'll okay. talk about it more once they piece the whole thing together. Because I did pause it and read all of the lyrics. Yeah. I'm sorry, all of the note. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just whatever. Zoe and Brett are discussing their issues in the middle of the auditorium because she's going to Xavier's and then this is where Maggie shows up mm -hmm. one thing I wanted to note and my wife made a comment about this and I was real cognizant of this is like everyone's getting giving their perspective and 
my wife was like, oh, I think in Brett's perspective, Zoe's dress is like shorter and she's got like a leather jacket on. Mm -hmm. Like her costume is maybe a little bit more Fast than the Furious than in Anique's version, which is maybe a little bit more wholesome. Yeah. I can say that the jacket is the same and the dress is the same, but at some point she winds up in fishnet uh hose okay. i guess is the term yeah which is maybe a little bit more rock and roll um <laughs> but i did not notice that in anique's version but in this version she certainly is in like fishnets that and yeah that's a really cool observation and i'm i'm very sure that that stuff is just riddled throughout all of these episodes is just all these little tweaks where they have the actors like react the same sequences but using different wardrobe sure. using little different beats so um, I'd be very interested too, and this would be like an ask from the audience. Like, if there's anything that you saw that we don't mention in this pod, like, reach out to us. Like, I, I, I love. We're all trying to solve this together. Exactly, exactly. We need your help. Um, Much like the hotline on unsolved mysteries <laughs> that put all those criminals away. Reach out to us, and you can reach out to us at uh, Team Binge Podcast uh, at gmail.com or reach us at Team Binge on your various social medias. Because uh, we'd love to be able to, because I'm sure other people have picked up other things that we are not uh, catching. And I'd be interested too, like at the very end of this uh, season, is maybe not going back and rewatching everything, but I'm sure, you know, somebody on YouTube is going to put up a video that says, hey, he's, here's all the clues to the killer. Or, right. Here's all the little bits. Uh, it'd be fun to kind of go back through all that because right. I love all that the about the show. Explaining us why Zoe's the killer. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yes. I agree. Maggie shows up. Brett has to take her home. The other thing I think it was interesting in this sequence is that, again, the different perspectives is we don't have the juice reference because in Anique's story, he had to take another drink here. And he did. He took it from Maggie. Took it from he's Maggie. Like, oh, that's adult juice or whatever. Yes. And he had to like down the whole thing. Yet in this version, he's just winded and kind of like off the side. So I think this is where we get the first reference where he's like, my word is my bond. The only thing I've got in this world that's worth a damn. So good. So good. Delivered just like any overly dramatic Fast and the Furious <laughs> yep. line. We get a great Xavier Australian accent because Maggie recognizes him. She's like, oh, you're Professor you're Hungry, Hungry Hippos. Hungry Hungry Hippos. And he gives her just, I mean, what do you win for shows like this? Is it an Emmy? Is it a SAG? Is it an Oscar? It's an Emmy, right? If Dave Franco doesn't win the Emmy... <laughs> Uh, justice for Dave Franco is my uh, hashtag cause because just an incredible. There isn't incredible. like a an award category for these like great comedic performances that there should be. There should be Comedy Central when you were a thing really missed your <laughs> missed your boat on giving out awards. I mean he he is an MTV movie award or yeah MTV movie comedy best sex scene best award sex winner. Scene. That's so true. that's true. That was, but he should have won it for Australian accent. <laughs> Him and uh, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Anyways, Brett is buckling in Maggie into his sweet hot rod, and she sees her koala. Anik's got it in his pocket. Mm-hmm. And he does the weakest hood slide <laughs> of anyone ever. He, like, runs around the car and, like, puts his rear end on the hood very briefly. Well, he says, nailed it right nailed afterwards. It. Yeah, incredible. Now, have you ever done a hood slide? Uh, I have done a hood slide. My first car was a 91 gold Volvo. And you bet I slid on that hood of the car because it was a piece of junk and incredibly safe. Yeah, well, nice. Uh, I tried a hood slide. Tom, have you ever done a hood slide? I tried a hood slide on my Ford Escort at one point and did not jump high enough. Put a big old dent inside that Ford Escort. Because <laughs> my bum just nailed the side vendor. Now, did that increase the value of the car uh, or decrease the value of the car? I think I was able to pop it out. So I think we were, were Neutral. okay. But it, I, was... I, it hurt. It hurt badly. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I did not feel great about it. I don't doubt it. <laughs> then Brett's talking with Maggie and he's like, I will get your koala back. I give you my word and my word is my bond. <laughs> And that's the only thing in this world that's worth a damn. Does she finish? Is that where she finishes the line? She does. Okay. She finishes it, and then he's like, except for you, pumpkin. Oh, so good. I love we get it, like, immediately after the other reference. So good. He realizes he's got to drive after him, so he's like, Maggie, do you remember when I let you watch Deadpool 2 and, I guess, essentially lied to your mom? 
Um, this is a bit like that. <laughs> yes. I thought to myself, have you ever, when you were a kid, did your parent ever ask you to lie about something for the other parent or to the other parent? I can, I have one example. Okay. Well, I was going to say, before you do yours, mine would have been like, just like silly things. Like, hey, we're going to go get ice cream. Don't tell your mom or like okay. kind of a thing. Or don't tell your dad. I don't know which one said it. Okay. I can remember my mom drove us to California for some sort of trip. Maybe we were going to go to Disneyland. I don't know. But my dad was either joining us out there or didn't go on the trip and we were meeting him on the way back. And my mother, who in my mind is a notoriously bad driver, (laughs) crossed over like the double lines into the carpool lane and got Mm. pulled over. And it was like some dumb amount of money for a ticket. Like for driving in the carpool? No, because you would have been carpooling. No, she was carpooling. It was for, in California, they have these weird parts where you can't go into the carpool lane, but for specific spots. And she did not know that because we live out here. And she made us all like swear not to tell dad (laughs) until she could do it. And so... It would be like, oh, how was the trip? Anything cool happened? I'm going to take it. It'd be like, no, we didn't witness any illegal activity. That sort of thing. So that's one I remember. And then the other had to deal with the body, but that one we still don't talk about. No, we never saw that one. It's a cold case at this point. Cold case. Much like the TV show I mentioned earlier. Cold case? No. the uh, Cold case files? No. Frozen case? No, the one where people call in. And uh, I mentioned it literally um, five minutes ago. Unsolved Mysteries. There, there it is. is. This is where we start uh, third operation. Operation Koala Extract. Koala Extract. Koala Extract sounds like something where you're making a cooking dish and it's got to vaguely taste Australian. And they're like, <laughs> now get out the Koala Extract for some extra flavor. Sounds gross. I'm going to kill you. Mm. I'm going to kill you. Tom kept repeating this <laughs> on the last pod and really wanted all of us to know. So you all are welcome that Todd, Todd, uh, my co-host Todd, formerly known as Tom. Detective Todd. Detective Gumshoe Todd. Oh, hey, Todd. That was the name of uh, the guy from uh, Last Man on Earth. The guy that played uh, the main detective that told Danner that you're not the one on lead on this case. Okay. That was his name. That was his name. Sorry I'm doing that callback, man. You said it. We made it. Thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs> what he was really saying was what, Tom? Uh, he was saying, I need the koala. I need the koala. koala. Give me the koala. Mm-hmm. Kill all ya koala. It's a bit fast and loose with that, but I thought it was it's fun. fast and furious with it, Tom. That's <laughs> it what it is. And that's when he is pulled up next to Anik Jasper and Chelsea. Great mm-hmm. car chase. A lot of fun. The quick cuts while he opens <laughs> the fruit snacks with his mouth and throws them back. Yep. You're the best dad ever. He gets all teary-eyed. You're the best daughter ever. So good. Well, doesn't it, like, it cuts to like Detective Dan like, Whoa, you were driving around completely irresponsibly with your daughter in the back. He's like, listen... She was in like a seven-point harness, side airbags, couldn't have been safer. Have been and I was safer. giving her the time of her life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, anytime I drive fast or like, not drift, but like go up and down hills and stuff, my kids in the back are like, woo! <laughs> he then gets stuck in the alley, which is great. And he like starts to yell at people. And he's like, don't make me get out of this car. And they're like, oh yeah, get out of the car. He's like, ah, never mind. Like people are calling his bluff left and right. Which this reminds me of, I recently started listening to the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast, Mm -hmm. which I would recommend for people if you like that show. Um, Glenn Howerton? Mm -hmm. No, not Glenn Howerton. Mac. Mac tells a story about being in the drive-thru at In-N-Out and someone trying to rudely cut the line. and How almost you cut a line and drive through? He explains it all. Okay. It's hilarious. He's got his kids in the car, and someone tries to cut in the line, and he almost gets into an altercation. I would encourage people to listen to it. It's a good time. There's only like seven episodes out, so you'll find the one I'm talking about because they're not all that long. But it's a good time to listen to them if you like that show. He's like, honey, can you sing your quiet song? Which... I think we've all done this to our kids. Like, hey, can you turn the cartoon up or can you turn the yeah. headphones on? It's very reminiscent of uh, like earmuffs yeah. from uh, old school. Earmuffs from old school. That's right. 
Then he arrives at the house and he gets into the fight with the security guard. <laughs> and this security dude is like massive. You're like, massive. all right, he is going to destroy Brett here. And then he like makes the, as they're fighting. He's and, and Maggie's watching. He's like, oh, we're just old high school buddies. We're just old working high school on something. Buddies. He's working oh, you on my moved back. to Tulsa or yeah. like something like that. It's all great. It's all great. Once again, this actor, uh, Ike Barinholtz, doing a great job. Like. Obviously not a karate guy. There's some... Uh... <laughs> he does like his Bruce Lee, yeah. like the nose and the hands up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, much like any of those fight scenes. Uh, they're just not karate guys. Vin Diesel, not a karate guy. Mm-hmm. But I think towards like the end of the fight, he's like, all right, like you've got skills, but I've got a skillet. And then just <laughs> knocks him out with the skillet. He hits him in the knee with that skillet first. And as someone who is old, I was like, <laughs> oh man, your knee would never recover. And then when he finishes the guy up, He's like, order up. <laughs> he tosses the skillet out of him. Tosses the skillet. Great. Smells great in here, by the way. He yells <laughs> at the other other people, like the caterers and leaves. What's the worst thing your kid has ever witnessed you doing, Tom? That you either had to like do a mere earmuffs or have him look away or. I mean, my kid's only three. I, I don't. So think... you can do anything in front of him. He's <laughs> yeah. not going to remember he's, he's it. Gonna, he's yeah. He's going to forget it. Um. He's like a, he's a goldfish. So I don't know, man. Well, I'm assuming you've got a story. You know what? I would love to say I've got a particular one, but I'm pretty good around my kids. I will say that, like, the one thing that I'll catch myself doing is if you're, like, driving and someone makes you mad, you can slip up. But I'm pretty good about that. I did find it surprising, and maybe I already told the story, is my father, who I don't think I've ever really heard swear in his life, was like, they watched the kids one day and we went to pick him up and he's like, Hey, I just got to apologize. I was driving with the kids and I said something in front of them and I didn't realize they were in the car. And I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> I'm 35. You've never sworn in front of me. My kids are only like, what did he say? Like poop? Uh, no, fart. no, it was clearly worse than that. But, uh, my kids didn't repeat it and we've never heard about it. So I think we did. All right. <laughs> Anyways, once again, there is a story about a body, but I won't tell that story. Neither will my kids. Wait, is this in front of your kids? Yes, because my kids are not snitches. Yeah. They, um, yeah, they don't have any snitches. He then goes undercover as a waiter. <laughs> yeah, which all these guys know of. He just puts on a shirt. I think this is another play on like these shows where it's like, oh, we're supposed to, they're supposed to pretend like they don't know who you are. You're well, like a distinct. He only goes to the Jennifers while holding like the, he's the walking platter. Around his high, essentially his high school reunion, where he's a very like noticeable per- person. Well, the only thing that he changes <laughs> is his shirt. Well, he's very recognizable. He's not a fake mustache or glasses. <laughs> but he's very recognizable by the jacket, the leather jacket, oh, as we pointed that what out. It is? So he's covering leather jacket. But I think it's an obs- another like observation about like. People not necessarily like paying any attention to the like the servers, oh, the, the people that are staff. serving them. Oh, that's fair. Like the two Jennifers are like they just using them. Like, oh, okay, I want one. And then, I'm hungry. Oh, she's pregnant, so she takes another right. one, which is good. Um, but yeah, I think it's a little play on that too. Clearly, an indictment of our lack of respect for people in the service industry. I agree, Tom. Which good. another party centric uh, show is Party Down. Recommend that one. That's yeah. a lot of fun with Adam Scott. Party Down is a good time. You recommended that a while ago. <laughs> And it is great. He then runs into Anik and gets the koala from him. Anik is clearly out of it. Like yes. Anik is so from from uh, Brett's perspective, Anik was drunk uh, intoxicated, or high. Yeah. yeah, and or drugged, one of those three. Mm-hmm. And he knocks him over. And the shrimp go everywhere. Yeah. And who's distraught about the shrimp? And then right above, we've got uh, Xavier and Zoe having a conversation. Don't know what's going on nope. there yet. We'll probably find out more. But then, of course, like Xavier's like, no, my prawns. My prawns. <laughs> Xavier and Brett then get into a tiff in the bedroom because Brett goes up there because he doesn't want Zoe to be with Xavier in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And they start threatening each other. There's a very funny back and forth right here where... Brett compliments Xavier's decorate rings. Uh, he's like, hey, not even being ironic or sarcastic. I really like what you've done with the place. He's like, thank you. Like, that great. They have a lot of fun with this scene. Uh, and I I loved it like, Yeah, like the nose to nose. And like at a certain point, he's like, it's like, two sabes? It's like, and then Xavier's response, me sabes really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like any time you've been 
uh, at a bar or where people have had too much to drink and they get into an altercation and neither side wants to fight. Yeah. But they can't back down. So they just like talk at each other for a really long time. And you just want to be like, dude, like punch the other guy or like let's be <laughs> we'll maybe mature and just like move on with this yeah. no one cares so he discovers that he's the one that's out of control i love that line when like xavier eventually says you're the one out of control it's like literally evan eskimo kisses where they're nose to nose oh, yeah. they're touching they're touching <laughs> this is great in the end the only person i couldn't control was myself see and he's doing it, this stuff and this is like very much him probably changing the story right because like he's saying i couldn't control myself and it's him being incredibly mad at xavier and then stepping back and like literally like putting his hands in fists and like taking in the energy of whatever is anger and then boom he's cool calm and collected listen he's matured in this <laughs> in the like, sequence 30 second moment <laughs> where he realizes he doesn't need all the control i love when xavier's like yeah, those are just turds at the end of your wrists. <laughs> when he's got his fists out like that, he's like, this whole aggro routine is old hat. Xavier is the cool new hat. I think he says, like, in third person. He's while like, wearing the cool new While wearing hat. this ridiculously stupid leather hat with no yeah. brim. Which I don't know what it is. Which gets thrown off the balcony. <laughs> and Brett it's like, winks. hey, man, that was my expensive stupid hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. He says, then he winks at himself in the mirror as he's leaving. This was interesting, too, because this is another... We've, we've seen two stories, and at the end of a Neek story, he's looking in the same mirror and, like, you know, screaming or looking at himself, and now we've got Brett doing the same, kind of winking at himself. I'm going to assume it's a two-way mirror. Knowing what we know about Xavier in his bedroom <laughs> and the viewing uh, techniques, I'm going to say it's a two-way mirror. I like it. Zoe and Brett are having a conversation on the foot of the stairs. He confesses that he's trying to keep her and he just wants her to be happy. Yeah, this is kind of the point in the story where obviously he's painting himself in like a good light the whole way through. Mm -hmm. But like on the balcony, he's establishing, no, I didn't throw him off the roof. Like I wasn't that mad. I had an opportunity. I didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this is also him like having a conversation with Zoe, proving he's more mature than he was five minutes ago yeah and even like zoe's reaction like oh man i know you know this real talk is really hard for you whatever yeah like, trying to position like that he is being the bigger man in this situation but and she acknowledges that xavier sucks and he's so thrilled <laughs> yes! he's like yes i'm so glad you don't like that d-bag yeah it's so great <laughs> and then brett sees maggie and he needs an excuse to leave quickly and the excuse he chooses to leave quickly is what i put my pants and then Zoe's reaction, again? Again, which is just comedy gold. He then departs to go get Maggie out of there. We're back with Jasper. Oh, he then goes, because he's looking for Maggie, he winds up in a room, and Jasper is on Xavier's computer doing something. Mm-hmm. All this points out is that, like, Jasper is doing something in this house that I'm sure we will find out later. He's mm-hmm. taking selfies, he's on the computer... I'm assuming he's setting himself up that with Xavier's death, the blessed track and all the things that he has collected during this time are going to jumpstart him to stardom. Well, and I think this is one of those. So, like, again, I've seen three. I've seen the next episode, and the next is Jasper's perspective. Um, So, like, I won't go into it. But I think this is more of the show does this a lot where they have small interactions with the other characters just so like when you see it again you'll get the different perspective right like, so we'll see Jasper's perspective in these meetings because both Anique and Brett have like ran into Chelsea in right. different different aspects so like now once we get Chelsea's story we'll see how that potentially we're taking unfolded. all these mind movies and piecing them together like a mind puzzle mm-hmm. he also runs into quiet Heather and <laughs> professor I don't know I'm gonna say his name's Xavier <laughs> and Chelsea and Xavier are talking and she like wants to get him alone I think is the comment she makes to him mm-hmm. right and he does find Maggie and they sneak out while what plays in the background yeah they were in like Xavier's like theater room and they've got hungry hungry hippos playing in the background and you see another bit of uh Xavier doing his Australian accent sure. with like his left side of his lip really high for some reason yep um but did you notice the other actor i did and i know this because the only clip they play of hungry hungry hippos the movie is the same clip every time and it's always dave franco and will forte will forte the (laughs) last man on earth yeah (laughs) 
Um, but I'm hoping that eventually we'll get some lines from Will Forte. I feel like bringing him in to not have some Hungry Hungry Hippo lines is a miss. My hope is they do a Xavier episode. And, yeah. like, they just do Xavier's perspective. Oh, that'd be cool. And they do, I mean, obviously he's not telling it, but they do some flashbacks from his life. That would be great. Or he's alive the whole time. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Maggie falls asleep and Brett goes to get his keys and that's when they find out that Xavier's killed. So mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then it cuts back to Anique uh, and, and Jasper in the restroom or in the bathroom. I was going to say body again. <laughs> He cuts them in the bathroom. Um, and then Anik mentions how he misread everything and how, like, oh, he's not the one that was jealous. I was the one that was jealous or whatever back and we forth. We weren't competing, you know. Yeah. yeah. So this is, like, again, very meta of the show, just kind of telling us, like, yes, this is what we're doing with the show. We're telling it from different perspectives. And, you know, it's different from uh, each person as they retell their stories. Detective Culp talks to Detective Danner and reveals that the captain called and it's not his and Danner's case <laughs> and she does some convincing <laughs> and apparently the detective who's supposed to take the case will just mess it up. He's a ringer and is just going to mess it up. So he, he makes mention it's Jermaine. He's some some ringer guy. Uh so I'm assuming we've got to meet this guy, right? Like maybe at the very end Jermaine's going to come in as some kind of celebrity cameo. My hope is Jermaine is um Daniel Craig doing <laughs> the accent from Knives Out and he solves this whole thing. <laughs> what was a... that character's name? Uh Yeah, we'll figure it out. Email us at it doesn't matter. No, I want to look it up. At now. this point the note is fully taped together. And the title is Hot Revenge, but the word is crossed, the word hot is crossed out. And this is why I'm guessing it's lyrics, because you would never like title a note and then like cross out, like it really feels like someone's writing a song. Yeah. And so Hot Revenge, he's got hot crossed out. Um, And I guess now that I think about it, because this leads to... The diarrhea writing, my thought is that Xavier wrote diarrhea on his neck then, because I would assume Xavier is the one writing lyrics in his own house and ripping them up. No? Am I wrong? I, it's a astute observation. It could be. Um, I don't know at this point, but I agree. Like when we, I paused on this and we didn't write on the lyrics. So they, they seemingly are just lyrics because they not only The most look generic like it, of revenge, best served cold. But you're gonna get it hot. Well, and it was not even it was the rhyming. Like it, it rhymed. Like best or cold. Like I'll get you when you're old. Like I don't know what the words were, but it was clearly like beats for rhyming on a song. Okay. Um, maybe Jasper. We know Jasper's trying to. He has some kind of musical ambitions with uh, with Scott Diem and think trying to he's get with Xavier. Good enough to be like, oh, that wasn't a note I ripped up and threw in the trash can. Like he. I, I I mean because I've seen Jasper's mind movie I won't I won't divulge my thoughts on that. Okay, interesting. The du- the e's are backwards like threes, and diarrhea is written on Anique's neck. Mm-hmm. Same thing in this note, and so he is connecting that whoever wrote that wrote on his neck. I love Jasper trying to figure it out. So we got these backward threes. Oh, so if we add up the threes. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to go real deep conspiracy theory. And, and I and think even like, even when he looks at diarrhea and he says, oh, and he's like, you still don't get it. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, do you need to explain this? It's great. The gla- Oh, this is another glasses pull. Anik is like, oh, if we figure out who wrote this, we'll figure out. And he pulls this thing off. And then... Um, Jasper gives a line and fake pulls glasses off his face. <laughs> and then Jasper comes up with all the different names potentially for the murder. We could solve the... The diarrhea murder? No, don't or like that. Montezuma's Revenger? Don't like that. Splash the Ripper? Don't like that at all. I don't know, we'll keep workshopping it, we'll get it. Yeah. <laughs> then it cuts to showing us that there is a video camera in the eye of one... <laughs> Hollow Notes poster. poster. <laughs> well, and it's it's kind of funny. Xavier's bedroom. Yeah, it's kind of funny too because like the uh, caption for that movie was called Private Eyes, <laughs> and it's literally the eye camera in there, which I thought was pretty clever and pretty funny. Yep. So at this point, Tom, are we sticking with Zoe? Do we still think it's Zoe? I don't know, man. Like this, this didn't perpetuate any more Zoe, like 
it didn't make me think that Zoe did it in this episode. Okay. There wasn't a whole lot that outside of like Zoe and Xavier talking on that balcony a little bit. We don't really know what's going on there. Would you rule out Brett? Let me ask you that. Uh, no. I think this ruled out Brett for me. Do you think it did? I think Brett is a guy that just cares about his family. And his word is his bond. And his <laughs> word is the only thing that gives a darn. And he clearly did not kill Xavier. Okay. That's fair. I, I don't I, I don't think it's him. But I don't think I know enough to completely rule him out because I think there was motive of them hitting each other back in the high school. Um, obviously, him hitting on Zoe. He didn't know that Zoe didn't like Xavier until after they had their confrontation. Yes, but Xavier doesn't die until like but we don't know what happened seen, to Xavier. Witnesses have seen Brett leave from that. Um, but we don't know. He could have potentially pushed him off after the end of that sequence. It didn't say it. And they don't they don't find it until Anique or somebody wasn't it one of the uh the Jennifers sees him and screams? Well, I think they hear him fall or see him fall. And I don't think they do. I think in the first episode Anique screams, right? So and you're then... saying he could have pushed Xavier off the balcony, then come down and had the conversation with Zoe. Yes. And then gone. I think it's possible. Okay. I think just based on timing that Xavier is still alive when they depart. But from then that. why would the show, why would the show put us in the room, have Zoe leave, let them have their like confrontation. If it's not telling us that that is potentially when he could have murdered. Him. No, I agree. I think that's what we're supposed to think. Okay. But okay. Then he controls the turds at the end of his hands and controls himself. And he's that's what he not says. the killer. I will says. say, watching him do all that cool action karate, he does seem like a killer. <laughs> seems like someone that could, you know, with one hand, murder someone. I do like your notes about uh, about Slamps. I feel like Slamps is still a little fishy here. Listen, Walt is my number one suspect after my number one Zoe. Okay. Yes. I'm one gonna... A, one B. I'll I'll stick with Zoe for now because I think there was some shady stuff. I think she was kind of painted just to be this this nice love interest to Anique, but we don't really know where where her her mind is at yet. And That's she fair. we've seen her multiple times with uh, with uh, Xavier up in the room. Okay, well that's where we're at. Here's what we would like: those of you that are watching this with us, please send us your guesses, and if you can make a concise case. In, we'll say, four sentences. 280 characters. I would be more than willing to read your theory on the podcast just to see what the rest of the audience thinks. So if you have a real good case, and you have not watched the whole thing, I don't think you will have watched it by the time this comes out, because I think that's impossible. But give us your theories. Send them to us at... At uh, teambenchpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at teambench. That's correct. And what other things would you like our audience to do, Tom? Uh, we also have an internet website. You can go check it out at teambench.com. It's got some feeds, got some stuff on there you can check out. Um, if you have time and you are so inclined, we appreciate uh, you guys taking the time to like rate us on Apple Podcasts or the podcast of your choosing. Uh, it helps us out, gets us a little bit uh, of recognition and... and I guess increases us on the algorithms of Apple. I don't know. Um, but if you're liking us, we appreciate the, the feedback on there. We appreciate you joining us. We'll be here next week to talk about the third episode, which is Jasper's episode. I missed the time where you would have to make up an episode <laughs> name at the end. That was probably my favorite bit. But we can't do that anymore because we know what these ones are called because mm -hmm. they're people's names. They are. But we appreciate you joining us. And we will see you next week. I have been Julian. And I have been Gumshoe Tom. Gumshoe Tom. <laughs> Thank you, everybody.